y'all, I'm Tara Shaver with AARP's Office of Volunteer Engagement, and today we're keeping it rural on the roost. I'm here with Jackie Bolin from our Hawaii State Office. Jackie, welcome to the roost. Thank you. So Jackie, you and I were just chatting a bit before about why we're together today and what we're talking about, and you were just recognized as one of our gold winners, or the gold winner, for our Quarter 3 Promising Practices Recognition Program. And before we get into the why about that winning, I'd love to know just a little bit more about you. Tell our friends across the association a little bit about yourself, how long you've been with AARP, and all that good stuff. Sure. I'm the Community Outreach Director for AARP Hawaii, and I've been in Hawaii since we opened the state office back in 2000. Uh, previous to that, I actually did work for the West Region Office in Seattle, so I've been with AARP for quite a long time. Great. And for folks who maybe have not had the good fortune to visit Hawaii yet, can you tell me a little bit about the landscape? Just kind of what is it like um, to to get a lay of the land of Hawaii, not only from just a, um, a normal person perspective, but also from an association perspective. So what does the membership look like about how, um, how are you organized and what's the travel time between those islands? Sure, so we're, we have a pretty small state. We have 148,000-ish AARP members at any given time. And we have four main Hawaiian islands, which are each their own county. The bulk of our population is on the island of Oahu, which is where the state office is. And then we have the islands of Maui, Hawaii, and Kauai, um, which have much more of a rural disposition and also fewer members. Um, in the case of this project, the island of Kauai is our smallest population of the main Hawaiian islands with roughly around 6,000 AARP member households. We um, have had a presence there for many years. In fact, I was, we had a volunteer information center there back in the early 90s, and AARP started on Kauai because before the internet, the only way that people could get information in Hawaii about aging was through AARP chapters and AARP activity. So we do have a long history there, but because it's a small island and because it was dominated by a chapter structure for many years, we were kind of prevented from growing, and I can talk a little bit more about that. Um, but it's also a very politically interesting place for us because the president of the state senate lives there. So we can't just, we couldn't just say, oh, we're not going to do anything on Kauai. We have to do something there. But we were limited because the chapter that had sort of dominated everything for so many years uh, was basically aged out to the point where they became a little bit in need of a lot of it in need of services themselves and then the ones that were still moving around well they maybe weren't personality wise attractive to the general public <laughs> um, and then we had one key leader who was sort of tying everything together and he passed away so that gave us an opportunity to shift what we were doing on Kauai Gosh, we know that story well, um, you know, and even sometimes when the chapters have already folded and some of the um, the members and the more active uh, folks stick around, we hear those kinds of things where, you know, part of it is the ability to continue some of our more um, intensive events and activities. And a lot of times we hear people saying, oh, people are really cliquish or they really make people feel separate because they don't have the history with us. And I know that was one of the issues we had. We had some strong um, personalities who had been working with us for 
10 years on a long-term care campaign. And when that campaign came to a close and we started to work on something else, uh, folks just couldn't get, they couldn't get out of, you know, that um, mode of what they'd been working on for so long and deferring to those leaders who they had, um, had just been following, you know, for all that time. So, um, so tell me what gave you this idea? I know Bo Ballinger was your partner in crime for this from OCE, but Bo says you had the brilliant idea to try this out. So tell us kind of what you did. The title of your application was using one activity to recruit a new team. And so let's just break that down a little bit. Like how did this idea come to mind and then how did it start to shape up as, uh, as you started to approach that event? Sure. Well, so I've been, I mean, I think most of us in the States are pretty familiar with using targeted member data um, to save money and have more impact. And so um, years ago when AARP used to do the member events in States, they would actually do recruitment around the member event. And I just recall when they did the first one in Las Vegas, they recruited over 700 volunteers to help with the member event. And that was kind of a one-off for those volunteers. Um, I'm sorry, wait, how many? 700. Holy cow. <laughs> I don't know if they used all of those volunteers, but that was the response they got to the member event that year. And so I remember thinking, well, it would be interesting to use that same model to recruit around something with substance that's easy to do for people and see if we can spin it off into a team. And so every year, the chapter that was on Kauai would do the farm fair, which is a four day event in the summer. And we, the state office would pay for their table and we would try to give them a hook, but they pretty much ran it. And then the last few years, because of they had all become more frail, they had a hard time setting up the farm fair. And when the chapter closed at the end of last year, um, I actually did a listening session in the community to find out what members thought the most impactful event that we could be at would be. And actually they all said the farm fair. Um, so, so I thought, well, why don't we see if we can recruit around the farm fair, whereby um, we use this, I have this model that I use for recruitment called AARP in action. But we use the AARP in action model, but we only use it to recruit people to work the farm fair. And because sometimes that first date, as you know, can be really important. So, so my idea was this. We'll use targeted member data to recruit people to come and find out about AARP and our issues and volunteer for the farm fair. We'll commit to having a staff presence at the farm fair so that we can observe how these new volunteers do and also be able to know what needs to happen to spin them into the next activity. And if it doesn't work, we have a staff commitment to be there. So um, one person will man that booth for four days and then it'll work. So that's what we did. We basically, I, I reached out to Bo Ballinger because I had heard that he did work in every state in the West and um, we hadn't used him as much. And so I just asked him if he would be willing to commit to the farm fair because I was looking for ways to not have it be on my plate. <laughs> um, but, but actually, and he said yes. And then we did a targeted member mailing. We got, mm, I think about 20, 18 to 20 people that signed up for the fair and came to the training. And we mixed in, we decided that the issue that we would have at the farm fair would be the prescription drug issue because it has wide appeal. It's both um, breadth and depth kind of an issue and pretty easy to explain. 
So we brought them in, we gave them a basic AARP orientation, familiarized themselves with everything that was on the table, gave them a basic orientation to the prescription drug campaign, and our key activity at the booth was just to get people to sign petitions. Well, the really great thing was we attracted some high-level people to the, the event. I mean, we ended up with one of the new volunteers is the president of the statewide Hawaii Retired Teachers Association. So not the little one, the big one. Yeah. And she volunteered at the, at the fair. And we ended up with a pharmacist, a retired pharmacist and a psychologist and, <laughs> you know, people who were pretty great. And so and we had a few walk-ins that weren't even signed up. Anyway, they came to the training. It, it's a simple training that I've sort of perfected over the years, I would say. And um, they all signed up. I was there the first day to observe that group. Bo was there. And we basically were able to see where people's strengths were. And, and then I personally, after the event, Bo sent me a, a rundown of everybody he had observed, what he thought their strengths and weaknesses were. And then I sent them all an individual thank you. Um, and a follow-up. And from that, I would say 12 of them, 12 of them that worked the fair have become volunteers. But in ad addition to that, we had another five or so that couldn't work the fair, but who did end up becoming volunteers. And uh, case in point, last week I did an event called Caregiving and Cake on Kauai. All of the volunteers were brand new. Two of them have, had worked one event with us. The others came in through that mailer, and they were a dream team. I mean, they were a dream team. And the funny part was one of the older volunteers ha had not volunteered for that event, but she came as a participant, and I think she was shocked by the caliber. I mean, those ladies just put it together. And we did get a couple men, but they weren't at the caregiving event. So, so yeah, it was it was a great, it worked exactly how I hoped it would work, and um, we'll do it again. <laughs> Don't you love it when your smarts work like that, and you're like, I'm so brilliant, this is fantastic. <laughs> I know, I'm like, what can I say? It worked exactly the way I wanted it to work. Um, the only thing we would change is we would air condition that farm fair, you know, because it was pretty darn hot. Um, sometimes, usually when you do a recruitment event, you get a couple nuts, you know, in the jar, and we really didn't even have that. We have, I mean, everybody's got their quirks, but we didn't have anybody where we had to say, you know what, this isn't a good opportunity for you to volunteer. So, you know, I had been a little worried about having them wear our AERP red shirt at the fair without them being formal volunteers. So I created another shirt that just had our um, community seal on it. And, um, and it's not really our one that we do legislative work in, but yeah. You know, so we had that that we gave them, and we also had the Stop RX Greed. And I'm not worried about any of the new people at all. I, I, I mean, so that's it. What, in gosh, I love that idea of, of you still having them branded and have something that's obviously very local, but also that would des, uh, distinguish them between, you know, if they go home and you later find out they're off the ranch, they're not going to show up at the legislative plaza <laughs> during some big, uh, you know, big lobby day. Um, and, we do that with uh, – park cleanups and stuff when we recruit from the yeah. membership we don't, we don't give them the official shirt that's, yeah it's so smart I love that idea and I I also just have to applaud your use of uh, your regional support team so way to go to help uh, get 
Bo out there to help man the load for you because that is um, one of the many things that we do. Not only um, our friends from OCE, OVE, we're always happy to help out, but I've heard um, various members of the support team stepping in just like that to help out where there's a need. So don't ever hesitate to ask um, when you have something like that that you want to try out for folks to come and help. I was just doing some quick math on my handy dandy device and I was noticing that you guys had about 800, um, you found about 800 people that you were going to reach out to. You got like 18 to 20 who responded maybe a few more after the fact, but that's like a two and a half percent response rate, which is pretty on par and actually pretty good for like any of the stuff we've done over the years. That's kind of like right in there with what we have, but you know, your retention rate and your success rate was 66%. That's crazy. Like well, the, and I, I do have to say, just to be a nerd about the whole thing, <laughs> two and a half percent is really high for us for recruitment. We'd yeah. be lucky, we would be lucky on a given day to get a 0.5 percent yes. response rate, even if we were serving a fancy meal, if it's about recruitment. Yep. But what, what we did is um, we requested the data be sent to our office. And we did a merge, mail merge so that every letter was customized to the person's name. So dear Tara, and we co-opted a letter that Will Stoner wrote many years ago and custom, we customized it to Hawaii. And then basically um, we, we stuffed it in an envelope. We used our local volunteers to stuff it into an envelope and we put a tag on it um, on the outside that said, help AERP staff the Kauai Farm Fair. So they knew it wasn't a piece of national um, mail. And, and in that way, I think we were able to get people to open that mail and look at it because they're like, oh, AARP needs help at the farm fair. It's our most popular event on the island. You know, that yeah, kind of that is brilliant. And I, that reminds me, now I can't remember who told me this. Heck, it could have been something we tried once. But also, just like anything you can do to make them stick out, we've used colored envelopes before and some of the things we were working on just so obviously it would get noticed. But then something like that is like, how hard was that? That wasn't very hard to add that level of like personalization to like, this is an event that's actually right here in your community and we need your help to do it. That's brilliant. I absolutely love it. Well, and I think what's great about it also is um, – if you go through print mail and do a postcard, people, it's not personal as a letter is, you know, and um, 800 is actually a lot of envelopes to stuff, but it was really interesting. Our Oahu volunteers helped stuff those envelopes and I just sent out an email and like 30 people volunteered to come in. I cut it down to nine and they were done in an hour. So it had been kind of a daunting task. But the other thing I put in that letter, so I put the cover letter that will had perfected so many years ago, but then I put a list of roles as an insert. So here's what you'll be doing at the farm fair. And then I summarized, you know, this is a prescription drug issue for them. So it was, so it was just really clear. Here's what we're going to be asking you to do. You're only asking you to commit to one shift. Here are what the shifts will be. And then I set up a C event so they could actually sign up for, they put their name in all of the shifts they were available for. And then just let me know in their comments if they were willing to do more than one. And so in that way, I was able to, you know, jockey around the shifts and it was, yeah, it was great. And we always had Bo there who's a yeah. great partner. I mean, <laughs> I mean, you know, Bo is a true partner. He's willing to do the work with me. So I didn't feel like I had to serve him up an opportunity. So he was yeah. kind of developing the training and then one thing that I do at my orientations that I highly recommend is I always have a section called meet the publication and um, all the core publications that are on the table at any tabling event, I have them there. 
I asked the participants to take a minute to scan it and then take 30 seconds to hold it up and tell people what it's about. And I tell them the reason I'm having you do this is because after this event, you're gonna be qualified to staff a table. And I want you, when somebody says, do you have anything about modifying your home? I want you to be able to say, yeah, we do, it's on the table. And so that, I think people feel much more comfortable when they see the thing, because a lot of volunteers, when they go to work a tabling event, they won't take the time to look at it when they get there. So yep. they're ahead of time, they know the mission, and they know what's gonna be on the table, so they felt really comfortable. Yeah, that's such a great idea. And I just want to go back to what you were describing earlier and make sure I caught something. I don't know that we got there. We might have, I might have just been smiling and nodding along. Um, so you guys had a training right before the farm fair and then you staffed the farm fair for four days. Is that right? So right. tell me, when was that training exactly? Like it was it the day before the farm fair? Was it the week before? What did that look like? And then I think you followed up within a week or two and asked people to come back and do something else. Is that right? I did a little differently than that. So I set this up. So I'm a, you know, I'm a planner. This is what is in my head all the time is what's the next step? What's the next step? So um, I set it up so that within three weeks of the farm fair, we were doing a fraud event. And the volunteers, when they came in and did the training, I told them they didn't have to commit to the fraud event right then, but that if they liked the farm fair, that we could use their help at the fraud event. So then when I did the follow-up, I said, thank you so much. Please let me know if you'd be willing to help with the fraud event. Here are the volunteer roles for the fraud event. And then between those two, I was able to get all the um, applications in from those folks. Awesome. And they are, I mean, I'm not kidding you. They are great help. I would take them on any island. We have a very sophisticated Oahu volunteer team, but the new Kauai volunteers can match them easy. Um, yeah. What else? Um, I can't remember the first part of that question was. No, uh, you, just when did you have the training? Like what, how yeah, close yeah. was it to the actual event? It was closer than we wanted it to be. I'll be honest. We just ran out of time. So we had the training. That Thursday. never happens at AARP. We always have things done way in advance. Right? <laughs> in my mind, we were going to be doing it the week before. But what happened was we did it the day of. <laughs> so um, we had no intention of having volunteers, the new volunteer staff at Thursday night. So, because we knew it was too soon. So, Bo and I planned to staff it by ourselves Thursday night, okay. and then we would have the volunteers Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. But interestingly enough, at the training, we went over the schedule, and people were said, oh, well, I'll take it. I'll work tonight. So, we had three of the best volunteers ended up working opening night, and that's where we got most of the petitions was on the opening night. But we, hadn't, we didn't feel we could expect that of them. So, we're, we thought, well, we're two staff people. We can handle it. But... What was really cool is we, the data sort that we used for the invitations was please select people likely to be active in their community or to advocate. That was the data sort. So we ended up with these people who all had different connections in the community and the whole community is passing in front of the table and they are commanding attention. People are coming over to talk to them because they know them all. Oh right? my gosh. They're like the movers and shakers. And like people would sign the petition. Even if they didn't care, they would have signed it because they were being told to sign it by Auntie, you know. And so it was just really fun to see the reach that these new volunteers had. That Very connected. 
that is so cool and it's one of those things like you said it went exactly as you hoped it would and what how it went in your mind when you planned it but isn't it just amazing i mean for those who are just listening and not watching jackie's grin is so big as she's talking about this because of just how it came together and what a fun um you know I always say that these events, when we do stuff like that, it is always fast and furious, right? Like it's a zoo, it's a, like, it's chaos. Um, and so sometimes it's also like, what's one more thing like that? And if you get the people who say, ah, we're already here, we'll just stick around, you know, you're like, great, awesome. You also get to see, are they going to step in? Are they going to step up to, to help when they're, when they even, are they even going to notice that there's a need or do they have to wait to be asked? And it sounds like you had those folks who are just like raring to go. So that is so, so cool. Yeah, I think um, the follow-up, if, if I was going to recommend anything, so obviously it worked, but I think the follow-up is, is critical because most of the people who volunteered were completely prepared to have it be a one-off for them. And so then to do the customized follow-up, I didn't do a group email, I did a, you know, dear so-and-so, thank you so much for blah, 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 you know, and then, um, and then I personally asked them, um, if they wanted to do the next event. And I also said, if you can't do the next event, but you think you'd like to be on our volunteer list, here's a link to my application. And so that way, even if they couldn't do the fraud event, they could send me their application. And then once they did the fraud event, that was really the sealer because then they see themselves as AARP volunteers. And what was interesting about that was we used a community hall and it was a bit of a pain in the rear end to, to use it. And so some of the volunteers are like, Oh, I know the mayor, you know, Nick, you shouldn't have had to pay for this. We'll go down and next time go through me. I can get it for you for free. And they're all kind of connecting around what they have to offer. Yeah. So we have a good team now on Kauai. The challenge is still that we don't have any more staff capacity and it's still our smallest population. So now we're, you know, at the point where we know that team will support at least the six core events we're planning for Kauai. And then the question is, how much staff time do we have to bring them up to speed on doing things like local tours and things that we know they could do without staff guidance? And, and we're not sure yet. But at least we know, based on this last weekend's caregiving event, that they will show up and they will do a great job for us. Yeah. So I didn't put the two together when you, uh, I saw your post on Facebook about your fabulous caregiving event. Share with the world uh, the great feedback you got from one of the participants. Well, that was a different, we did, so we just did four caregiver events, but. Um. Oh man. Okay. Still share it because it was worthwhile, especially in those times. And we think we're not, um, we think we're just really busy, right? And we don't always know the impact of our work. So share that because I think it was so sure. heartwarming. This is a whole nother conversation because I just read the evaluations from all of these events and they were so good. But I did overhear this woman on Thursday night saying to her, we had small group conversations and she, we, we were, they were asking, we were asking them to share how caregiving had touched their lives. And um, she said to her group, you know, AARP saved my life. And I was like, you know, and she said, you know, about five years ago, I went to this caregiving event that AARP had at the Pacific Beach Hotel, and she said, I found out about it the night before. I wasn't even registered. My friends told me to go, and I went there, and she said, they had this caregiver panel and 500 other caregivers in the room, and she said, I thought I was the only one. She, I, she said, I thought I was the only one going through what I was going through, 
that was my age. And we had a one caregiver on the panel who was 23 years old. And, um, and she said, I started crying when I finally realized that I wasn't alone. And I cried all through the keynote. And when she said that, I remembered her because I had organized that event. And I remembered this woman crying all through the keynote. And I didn't know what was wrong with her, but she was bawling her head off. And it was because she had just felt so isolated and um, she finally connected to help. And so to me, that overhearing that, especially since I organized that event. <laughs> Gold just, star for you. <laughs> yeah, but you know, I try when we do caregiving events, we try to make it as personal as possible. I love to feature caregiver stories and panels because caregiving is so personal and people really need the comfort of knowing that they're not the only one going through what they're going through. So. Sometimes it feels like an added step to put that panel together or to have that small group conversation. And then every time I read the evaluations, that is the part that people really resonate with. So, um, so that was lovely. But we did the same, we did another event on Saturday and I just was reading the evaluations and people were saying, thank you, AARP. You always anticipate what I need before I need it. I'm so glad I came. So, you know, it was a good week for the AARP slash Jackie ego this week. Yeah, that's so awesome. Really we did. You know, and so much of this, I mean, this, we are getting a little off subject, but not really, because this is the work that we do all the time. And again, sometimes it takes a while for it to catch up with us and for us to realize the impact. And I shared with you, I think, um, on Facebook the other day that I had a volunteer tell me AARP saved their life and it was someone who'd come off of some caregiving and then something else happened and then her house burned down and then it and she's still a volunteer and she's an active you know an active person who just pulled me aside and said I have to tell you my story because someone invited me and you just said that you know someone told her to go and she did and she said you know you snapped me out of this really dark place that I was in by inviting me to come out and giving me opportunities and showing me that I could help out um, you know even in small ways and we don't always um, slow down long enough to really um, kind of savor that. And it, it is just as much a part of what we do as just pushing things out to the masses and getting those metrics and, you know, everything else that we do. It just is really, really nice to hear that. Um, is, and to know that um, over time, you start to hear more of it. And that's something that I've noticed. Um, I work with the AARP live show, as you know, and I'm often the girl who's seeing all the comments come in from the phone calls. And we're starting to see that. And this show's been on the air now for years. And before, it was people telling us they loved RFD TV. And now they're telling us, AARP, you know, you guys are giving us the best resources every time you come on and you're bringing us real content um, and you're taking our questions and you're helping us navigate stuff that, you know, is constantly changing, especially in the world of fraud. Um, but it's just really cool to kind of get that feedback. As you said, you've been around a long time. I've been around a long time. The times were not always such a love fest in <laughs> over know, well, the, the years. Beauty, I'd say the beauty now, so I've, there have been some great times. There's have been some little leaner times, I would say, but um, two things. One, when you're doing these huge events, which ARP Hawaii has a habit of trying to do really big events, 600 people, 800 people, you know, 400 people. And it's hard not to try to, we try to standardize them so that we can save ourselves work. Um, but it's always worth it, I think, to put a little bit of icing on that cake, whatever the bells and whistles, it's worth it because even in a 500 person event, that woman's life was changed, right? And I, for, I forget it sometimes. 
I love to look at comments, but I just forget that even though we've done it before, it worked. And that's why we're doing it again. Just because we're doing it again doesn't mean it's not valuable to the people attending because it's a new set of people attending. Right. So me, I have to just remember cookie cutter is not bad unless the same people are eating the cookies all the time. Exactly. You know, that's just really important because that's how we go to scale. And then the second thing is with the community work, I honestly don't know how the people in the mega states do it. Um, but for the small states, the beauty of creating surround sound in the community is that um, AARP is touching our members multiple times and they know it. And so lately, I'd say the last two years, not on Kauai, because that's a, you know, but on Oahu in particular and Maui and the Big Island, I run into people at every event who went to at least one thing before and they'll say, we love what you're doing. We love, even our new CP, which is East Hawaii, we did a talk story at the end of the year or last month and people were like, oh, you guys, I don't, I, we never heard from you before and now you're doing so much and we just love what you're doing. And just to get that, you know, from random strangers is really cool. So I don't know what feeds the souls of the big states, but the little states, we have the sweet spot because we will run into those people over and over again in the community. Yeah. Yeah, that is that is such a nice observation, and I think um, it'll be it'll be interesting to talk to some of our mega states who also have these more rural communities to see if they notice anything different. Because I know some of the the states that I work with that have these really larger areas, they're they're you know super segmenting a city, for example, and they and it's still you know I think you get some of the same response, but you're talking about splashing a, a for real whole community or town or in your case maybe even an island who you know is like oh hey hey our peace everywhere you feel so popular <laughs> like <laughs> well the rural for us the rural communities what we have realized is radio is everything that's how people are getting their news so Oahu you know we have, we're one of the biggest cities in America. But we still, I'd say we have thousands of people who come to at least more than one thing every year. But the rural communities where we can have an on-air radio game, um, I think in Hilo, which was our new CP this year, we did at least three radio blitzes where we had two weeks of radio tips on fraud or tips on caregiving or whatever. And I think that really, really made a difference for us with, in terms of just maybe people didn't come to everything, but they knew we were doing it. Well, um, Jackie, thank you so much for everything. I just wanted to let folks know that all of your attachments and resources and the how-to is on the CSN portal, um, but you're happy. I'll be, I will be happy to help get you that information if you want to email me direct, tshaver at aarp.org, or you can hit me up on Twitter at Tara Shaver. And um, Jackie, it is such a nice, it's always nice to get to chat with you about the great work you're doing and see it come to life. You see my pup here, Willie Nelson, who likes to join when I talk to you for some reason. So Willie, <laughs> Willie, um, really he got his feelings under control and now he's just sitting in my lap. He's decided he's, his guard duties are done for the evening. So um, he's just coming for some loving, but um, it was so great to talk to you. Tell me, is there anything else that you'd like to share with your colleagues that maybe we didn't talk about? Um, I don't think so. I, I, I mean, I guess my, my, I would just say if you're not using any of the many checklists that we've been sharing all year around how to put together, you know, turnkey type things in your own state or volunteer led activities, 
it is worth it to do it because you can create some surround sound with even just simple events that can only fit 30 people. If you have an email going out every month in a community and you're doing a tour for 20 people here and a seminar here and a driver safety there, it all kind of adds up. And my new director, she always says, um, it's not actually how many people come to the event that's that important. It's how many people knew we were having that event that's important to her. And I think there's something to it because you're creating an identity for AARP in the community with that mix. And, um, and, and so anyway, I would just say if you're not taking advantage, if you need some checklists or some easy type of activities, I'd be happy to send one of my many checklists. <laughs> yeah, that is such a great, uh, a great thing to remember because we never know how long it takes someone to see what we're doing before they decide to come and check it out. And that that is event wise in general, but also our volunteer opportunities. And so it's, uh, I think you're absolutely right when folks are seeing that regular drum beat and they're seeing the surround sound and they choose to come to even one thing one time and have a great experience that you can better believe they're telling other people about it as well and so we never know we never know just how far that ripple might go well exactly I happy you, thanksgiving happy thanksgiving i hope you get some rest this week uh you you earned it after working all weekend but you still look fresh as a daisy so <laughs> <laughs> mahalo <laughs> must be that hawaii sunshine right <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> See, <laughs> the, the ocean air. Yeah. We, we had a gorgeous day today. So if you have rain, I guess we'll see it in a few days. <laughs> Jackie, right. Take care. Thanks Bye -bye. again. Talk to you later. Thank you guys okay. for listening and we will see you all next time. Bye-bye.